0: All right, uh, gang, we got some some orbs flying around. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what they are. There's a red one. There's a blue one. Uh, We better send our, our special task force after them. The SSSP, the Super Sentai Special Podcast. We're talking about Ultraman. hello everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show my name is drew and this is the more you nerd as we kick off the year 2023 which sounds super sci-fi-y by going back in time to 1966 as we cover the very first ultraman series for Ultra Manuary, which is a great name that I wish we'd come up with, but a dear listener did. Uh, but I can't do this by myself. So I've enlisted the help of another of an alien that will f- join forums with me. I don't know. They didn't really land that plane. Uh, not even a VTOL plane. Miles, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm
1: I'm excited to do more Tokusatsu. I'm excited to do Ultra Manuary. This is uh, and obviously yes. Before, not.
0: Bef- before anybody says anything, I know this is not a Super Sentai show. I needed to get the SSSP joke in. This is Tokusatsu. <laughs> Don't write you me. Knew, you,
1: you knew where this train was headed. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I am really excited because I so I've done uh, Ultra Q, which is the very first Ultra show. I uh, We opted not to do that because we wanted to do Ultraman yes. and to really get into the the love of this particular um, character, but also just kind of icon. franchise, Ultra Q if you will, is great. I love Ultra Q. If you want to hear me talk about Ultra Q, you can download the episode of Kaiju versus History that Patrick, uh, former co host of The Morgan Nerd, and I did. And I think we also did one on Ultraman as well. But. I wanted to do something similar to what we did with Common writer, and i'm I'm really curious as to what the reaction is going to be because I think the first one is we're probably going to feel very similar about, and i'm I'm really excited to to see the other i've I've not watched any Ultraman outside the Netflix anime post nineteen seventy. So. But before we get into that, Drew, Ultraman's always had kind of a weird history with the West because it's it's almost that kind of outside looking in where it's like he had a Super Nintendo game and he's had some Dark Horse comics. And there's there's always been some sort of like familiarity amongst nerds that Ultraman is this Japanese character, whether or not anyone partook with him. Did you have any relationship to the character before? I mean, before we started d- going into this,
0: not really. And and the, okay. the, the the weird thing about Ultraman is that this show actually aired in the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it it aired in the U.S. in syndication. Uh, uh, I think Ultra Q did as well. And just to say, Ultra Q, the reason we're not covering it is because uh, it's kind of like a, a a Twilight Zone, Outer Limits kind of show. Yeah, it's, it's black and white. Kind of- it's like um, a
1: Kaiju exile show is what, essentially what it is. Well, I, it's really good.
0: Yeah. All all we need to know for for the start of Ultraman is that let's presume that all that stuff happened in Ultra Q. And so they created the science special search party, the SSSP to uh, that, that appears in the opening of Ultraman. Um, but yeah, so- I- uh, so so I my closest association with uh, Ultraman is something that I have to take a little knock on my nerd credentials, uh, because the thing that I uh, the thing that I uh, thought I had the closest association with was a show uh, that aired in the United States. Uh, <laughs> it in the, became
1: in, like, this is a hot topic of conversation. A couple yeah, of weeks it ago. was <laughs>
0: in the in the post Power Rangers uh, uh, land of things called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Which was, uh, I presumed, an Ultraman show because the main character there, and I, I, I forget what the, I've, I've, i unfortunately have forgotten what the, uh, what Gridman. The, uh, Gridman, uh something something Gridman, um, SSS Gridman,
1: yeah, is the is the current iteration.
0: So while SSS Gridman is associated with Ultraman, that character is not an Ultraman. So,
1: oh, so, oh, so I'm sorry. SSS is the most current one, but Gridman is the the character you're talking about. Um, I think
0: I think they have in the years since made the relationship a bit closer between those two shows. But
1: uh, yeah, I, I can't speak to that. Um, this at the time was known as one of Super Mario Productions. Very few non-Ultra shows, even though and to Drew's credit, uh, although I did I did razz him on the discord a little bit about it. Um, the coloration is certainly very similar to Ultraman. Um, so if you didn't know, you would legitimately be forgiven for not knowing.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's it's pretty
1: close. But uh, it, it is. It is very close. OK, but so so. But I mean, and that's still it really is a tangential connection because it is the same production company.
0: Well, and the other, the other thing is, like, if you are. If you are, you know, a nerd of a particular stripe, you have seen at least one Ultraman like I've I've flipped channels and seen Ultra seven on, which is a show that we're going to mention. But but unfortunately, not really cover Um, like I I, I couldn't. I couldn't necessarily tell you if this is Ultraman Q or Ultraman Zero or Ultraman Tiger Taiga or Ultraman uh, uh, RB or whatever. But I can look at something and say, that is an Ultraman. Um,
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, unlike, um, I would say even like unlike Common Rider, uh, even though Common Rider certainly has some very similar designs shared amongst its core type for the first several decades of its existence. And certainly unlike Super Sentai, Ultraman kind of keeps a very similar look throughout its history
0: yeah there there
1: there is some some switching ups of some things, but it's it's your typical very similar kind of helmet, your your silver and red and yellow colorations. Um, I so I had a very, I guess passing relationship with Ultraman as a kid. I was always curious. About Ultraman because I remember going to a friend's house. I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up. I had a Sega Genesis. I was one of those kids, and you're forgiven. So I was a Sega kid until like 2001, son. So I, like, <laughs> um, I'm I'm surprised I'm not wearing my Sega Saturn shirt that uh, Krista got me for Christmas. <laughs> but I went over to my my buddy's house and I can't remember if he already had it, had just gotten it, or he went to Blockbuster. And rented it, but he we got a a Ultraman Super Nintendo game, and I just thought he looked cool. Like, I, I didn't know what Ultraman was, but I thought I was like, oh, this is this is neat. And there is something in just in the innate designs that told me this is Japanese. I think it was because of the monster designs as well, and Ultraman was as big as the monsters, so I kind of uh, in my mind associated it with Godzilla, which would make sense since, since Subaraya, who started Superaya Productions uh was the special effects guru responsible for a lot of the Godzilla stuff uh, that we uh, we know and love.
0: And uh, also if you uh if you listen a little closely to some of the sound effects that happen in the in in, in these episodes oh, yes. that we watched uh you know there's some slightly muffled Godzilla sounds or <laughs> you know like, Yes and this
1: uh, is this is certainly at the time when uh he when Superaya was still very closely associated with uh Toho but So I was always very curious, and so anytime I I, something about Ultraman would pop up over here, I would I would make an effort to see it if I could, and I I I remember in the 90s there was a comic I can't was Harvey that put it out I can't remember, but there was a comic, and then I I certainly remember Dark Horse putting one out in the early 2000s, and I. I don't think I saw an episode of Ultraman until a streaming era though. Like, like sitting down, I'm watching Ultraman, not I'm flipping through things. Oh, cool. I get to see like 10 minutes of this Ultraman fight and then the episode's over. Exactly. Um, so this is something that I've, I've certainly wanted to do for a while because I I don't know a lot about him. And I mean, before podcasting, because if you listen to Kaiju versus histories, I certainly do now. Yeah. Um, I've I've watched the Netflix show since and I've I've certainly dived into some of the comics and everything, but this is a character that I I honestly more associate with Super Sentai because he seemed more like, oh, I want I want to do with superheroes what we do with Kaiju. And yeah. and that seems to be where. This character, I mean this character is basically the um I think what nine years before Super Sentai's first episode. Uh
0: I don't I you know I know it's it's a decade before Common Rider, uh, so I think Sentai would have been around this time, if not a little later. But this is but Ultraman is definitely riding the kaiju wave. You know, you've had yes. you, you have had by 1966, when this show airs You have had a bunch of Godzilla movies and Godzilla adjacent movies. You've had Ultra Q, uh, which is a black and white series that we mentioned uh, that focused on on Kaiju. All of that stuff has happened. Um, This how I want to say at least again, we're talking about we're only talking about the first four episodes of the very first Ultraman series. Once again, this is a scratch the surface. Very, very gently look at this franchise the immediate reaction i have to to this show is it's partly because it's 10 years earlier but i think it's also aimed at a slightly younger demographic because this show yes. is, this show feels way more jokey comedic well, uh, there are literal there, moments when they very- they're, they're, they talk to the camera <laughs> There's a very good reason
1: for that. So in the 60s, when they brought back Godzilla in 63 for uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, and more importantly, when Gamera started getting popular, the, the people that were the most excited about these creatures coming back and continued to beg people to buy them tickets were children. And children became the primary audience for these monster movies. So creating... A TV show that delivered a similar experience on a regular basis was for, for Subaraya, who had been making these movies for at this point twelve years, a no-brainer. And that that's a big factor because the the young demographic becoming a massive part of the ticket sales. Really shapes the way the kaiju genre goes in general, because as there there are a couple of gamma entries that did as well, if not a little bit better, in Japan than the Godzilla entry of the time. Yeah, and that's because it was really catering to those kids, and then that's why all of a sudden you start seeing these children start to front Godzilla films, and all monsters attack uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, Godzilla versus Hetera all have a child protagonist. And that's in reaction to the gamma franchise doing the very same thing. So kids being the audience and being catered to is exactly what Tsuburaya was doing.
0: And that's exactly why the SSSP, a group of adults, has a little kid just inexplicably hanging out with them all the time. This child does not seem to go to school he seems to be just as involved with the, with the missions as everybody else. He does not appear to be related to any of them, um, which is is interesting. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's a weird hangover from there was another uh, Japanese series that's very similar where this child has control over the robot in a similar way that uh, we would see with um, was the Ultraman uh, Jet Jaguar in Godzilla later on. Mm. And that kid is also along in adventures, and in fact gets like snipered at some points. Really bizarre. Um, <laughs> so yeah, having having a kid along with your adventures, which is pretty hilarious. Because uh, if I recall, isn't he? Isn't he like on a cruise ship or something?
0: Uh, the kid in this. Yeah, uh, they go I'm, to. I don't know.
1: I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm th- I'm thinking of the uh, the other the other. The franchise I was referencing before.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. So, but I do want to talk about the SSSP because this is an interesting, uh, another interesting twist that we don't see a lot of in Uh, We certainly don't see it in Power Rangers, though. We see it in some Super Sentai and and we see it a little bit in Kamen Rider. But that depends on on really. We only see it more recently in the Kamen Rider stuff that we watched, at least. And that's the the science special search party, which is basically a governmental organization that whether they know it or not, is best friends and teammates with Ultraman that goes on Ultraman adjacent adventures to help set up Ultraman to beat the bad guys. Uh, Sorry, did you say this does not happen in Power Rangers? It, so it, it I mean, I would say of in again, I when I say Power Rangers, I'm talking like original through. Zio. You're talking about Mighty Morphin. Mighty Morphin. Uh, okay. I'm okay. not talking okay. Super Sentai. Super Sentai I know is different.
1: Well, no, no. I was going to bring up Time Force, which is like literally the police. Or RPM, which is a government funded program to fight Bengex.
0: Well, and and the the original, the Japanese version of what became Power Rangers Zio, they are another governmental organization in that Mm -hmm. respect. But I'm talking specifically Mighty Morphin era. Okay, uh, okay, that's fine. But I want to talk about these this this crew, because I uh, first off, I love them. And yeah. I think they are extremely dorky and it makes me yeah. it makes me laugh so much. It's, so
1: it's a very endearing show. Like it—it it, it is what I picture a show from the mid 60s to feel like.
0: Uh, so we have we have the the we are introduced to them and they've got these like cobalt blue blazers and khaki pants and, and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's time for action. And all of a sudden the blazers come off the pants unzip and they've got these orange jumpsuits with these, these little skinny ties like neckties that are not the same neckties they were wearing before. Uh, Cause they're slightly different color that, that are like attached to them. In like the center of their torso with some sort of weird light up thing, and I just think it's and they've got these helmets with with visors on them. I absolutely love it because uh, these are some of the worst costumes I've ever seen, and it makes me very happy to see them. Uh, consequently, <laughs> uh, the the actor who plays uh, uh, Cap. Uh, the captain of the of of the the uh, the crew uh, was it was uh, in Common Rider. He was in the first Common Rider as the uh, as as uh, Hongo's uh, like adult friend who made his motorcycle and all of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the the main actors, they pop up in in either either Sentai or I guess Tokusatsu or Kaiju stuff uh, for a while. Because he yeah, cap also pops up in the. uh heisei gamera stuff and then ultraman himself is in the heisei uh godzilla franchise he's in like four of those movies
0: interesting that doesn't surprise me so much i don't think no 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 i mean these guys i mean
1: tend to like i I love seeing like this this kind of legacy attitude that that these franchises have where like if you've played ultraman or a common writer or a sentai character you basically if they ever want to bring you back you're, you're back yeah and i mean i think um uh the actor who plays Ultraman, he's popped up as
0: recently as like 2012. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, some of these guys are getting old now, which
1: is. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's 83 now. I mean, he's, he's not going to do it, but his, his daughter, I think also went on to be in an Ultraman series. I think she's in uh Taiga.
0: Interesting. Well, that's cool. We'll look, we'll look into that. So, uh, but one, one other thing that I want to talk about these, this, this crew before we get into the actual plot of the show Is they all have this SSP pin on their on their lapels. And whenever they need to talk to each other and they're far away, they just reach and they pull up a little antenna and they and it becomes a radio and they talk to each other and then they push the antenna down. And then somebody talks to them and they pull the antenna up and they talk and then they push the antenna down.
1: so endearing.
0: I love it um, so much.
1: Um, it's such a it's such a spy thing from a time where it's like, here is my visual representation that I'm going to be talking to somebody as I'm pulling out the antenna, even though it's the least con- inconspicuous thing you could possibly do.
0: And and it's it occurred to me in watching this, that this is this is happening at the same time that in the US Star Trek is coming on the air for the first <laughs> time with with that iconic communicator and the way that show looks and feels and they there's a there's a a, an interesting similarity between the two things but uh there's something that that the japanese uh
1: superhero subgenres did that we didn't do as much here and i don't know if it officially starts here i would say pop culturally it probably does but it's the the watch as the power source. I mean, we see this in, in science Ninja team gotcha, man. We see it in Spider-Man that the, like having the watch as your collar or your morpher or whatever is such a, an ingrained trope now of the transforming hero genre.
0: Yeah, but the, the, there, there isn't necessarily a watch in this, but there is a, there is a time limit that they only really tell you.
1: <laughs> he he does the, he has the little like band. Yeah, it's not it, necessarily a watch. But the transformation
0: but like, is the beta capsule. The, the, the thing that he holds up.
1: I might be getting ahead of my Ultraman at this point. I could have sworn he had a watch.
0: No, nah, not, like, not in uh, the episodes we watched, but that's okay. So, okay. So let's, okay. let's get to, Let's get to to what we are, what we are here to talk about. And that is the original Ultraman series. And we have uh, what I thought were planets. And they were doing a thing where we were going through space and planets. But no, they're just a blue orb and a red orb that are chasing each other. <laughs> and there and so so the SSSP sends out uh, a crew in their VTOL jets Uh, which are really super sixties models. And I love them because you can see the strings. I just love it. You can see the strings. Um, but, uh, (laughs) but, but as they are, uh, as they are, um, uh going going through uh, Sh- uh Shin Hayata who is one of the SSP SSP agents uh his his jet vtol collides with with the the one of the orbs the red orb and uh as he seems to be almost dead uh a an alien talks to him an alien from uh what uh what is it uh my notes have disappeared on me an alien talks to him basically and says, I will join my, I will to, I will, you seem like a good person. This is the situation. I'm sorry that I caused this to happen. I will join with you and we will become one being and that you can, and, and here's this thing called a beta capsule, <laughs> which will allow you to beat this, this alien that has escaped from the space graveyard. It's like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, and and hayata the thing about hayata and again we only watched the four episodes is that he still seems to be very much in favor of using human sssp methods to beat the aliens that we meet every week um and I mean, does, he, uh,
1: he uh, he's certainly not the i think your typical character where it's like he's not like an x-man or something you know where who's like i'm just gonna do what I need to do it's like I want to do the best that I can and this is kind of a staple of the genre a little bit where it's like I'm going to do the best that I can to actively resolve this conflict without bringing upon my special powers which also helps kind of segment your episodes where you have the parts where the humans try to do something doesn't work. So you have to bring an Ultraman and then eventually Ultraman has to have a large battle with the, uh, the monster of the week. Yes. And which is, uh, I mean, became a staple for Power Rangers. You had Power Rangers fought the putties, then they fought the monster as normal sized people and they- then let, let my monster grow.
0: And then, the, then they got in their individual zords that then, mm-hmm turned into the Megazord that then fought and then called on the super weapon, which killed the enemy in the first hit. Yes. Yes. Which again, it's like, why don't they just skip to that part? But you know, it's television. What are you going to do?
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, there have been like, like, like comic book and stuff like reasons for like, oh yeah, you can't do this immediately because of the, the power it takes to actively make this happen or, or, or whatever. um, but at the time, yeah, it was purely plot reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, we so, got to showcase our monster. We got to let the 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 things fight a little bit. We got we to gotta entertain the kids for about 20 minutes.
0: So with with that said, so this is where the story kind of begins. And this is where I honestly I was surprised in that the 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 SSSP crew doesn't know that Hayata is Ultraman. Yeah, this does. I mean,
1: I, I I want to say break away from tradition. It does break away from tradition for me with stuff like this, again, like Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man, where you have a kind of a, a scientific military group that is commissioned to do this stuff. And everyone knows who they are within the organization. And so I was a little surprised myself that the SSFP did not know that Hayato was Ultraman.
0: Because it seems like Hayato or Hayato disappears and then Ultraman shows up and then Ultraman disappears and Hayato's right
1: back. <laughs> there he is. But I mean, at the same time, I know that Super Raya wanted to have like a Japanese version of Superman. And this is a classic
0: Superman trope. That, that definitely is a Superman trope for sure. Um, like,
1: And I w- I would say that, I mean, If you're gonna draw comparisons, I mean Ultraman is probably your closest for Superman, whereas Common Rider is most certainly Batman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's definitely true. So so at least at first. So (laughs) before he starts dancing. So another thing I want to talk about when it comes to to Ultraman is that at least so far, and I think this is likely to change as the episodes go on is that unlike Super Sentai shows and unlike Kamen Rider that we just watched, there is not a continuous organization that is sending aliens and bad guys to fight the planet Earth. In the four episodes we saw, we saw four very, very different monsters that had different backgrounds. And I found that to be really interesting and cool. So in in the first we have Bemular, which is uh like a a Godzilla ish alien who yes is, who has
1: continued to pop up in the franchise.
0: Yeah, as as have has had a couple of these to be honest. Uh, so so Bemular that that Ultraman or you know the the alien being bonds with with Hayata becomes Ultraman and then they fight Bemular, who is a bad guy that escaped the space graveyard, as I said earlier, which is such a dope name. The second episode, we meet the alien Baltan, which I swear I had seen Baltan before. That looks like a super, super familiar alien, but I couldn't tell if it was just because I've seen it in Ultraman related images and 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 Tokusatsu related images. I I looked like I might have seen it in a Godzilla movie or a Gamma movie, but I could not find any proof of that. Um but but this was this one was interesting because they, this was just an alien that was trying to fix its ship that was was freezing people um and until you know he was confronted by by the the SSSP and they figure out that oh yeah, but uh, we just wanted to fix our ship, but this planet rules. So we're going to take it over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This also uh, definitely uh, dated itself because they said that the population of the earth is only 2 billion people in 1966. And it's like, well, we've uh, changed that a little bit in the, uh, in the subsequent decades, decades. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: so I, I, I want to ask you something because you're you're an older nerd like me, and can can allow things to be a little ridiculous. Um, I am curious of your thoughts on the kaiju villains of the first four episodes that you watch because this is clearly a show that is ambitious and trying to do a lot with clearly very little money.
0: Oh, yeah, there and is very little money.
1: <laughs> I will say if I was a kid in in the 60s and this came on TV on my likely black and white, you know, fuzzy television. I would be over the moon at what I was seeing. So. There- so I'm kind of curious as to to. I mean, you, as a modern viewer, watching this and knowing the context of when the show came out and the type of show it was like how how are you finding
0: these monsters? The monsters are okay. um, it is very funny when because uh, there are very sixties era stuff that you can see, like mm-hmm. uh, whenever um an alien or or ultraman fly away, it's all of a sudden not a person. It is a a solid maquette that is flying oh, <laughs> just in a straight uh, 100%. line hundred
1: uh, percent
0: uh you can see the literal zipper seam on the back of ultraman's costume uh, you can see uh which i found very funny because i because and and sometimes when ultraman is depicted he's depicted as having these little black spots on his eyes and it it was watching this it's like Oh, that's because the helmet was so bad. That's what they used is just the eye holes. So the person could see out of the suit. Correct.
1: (laughs) Because yes, the, the, the little, uh, black dots on Ultraman, uh, not the best.
0: Um, (laughs) Um, but, but the other, the other side of that is that some of these, some of this stuff was made for Godzilla movies. So you can tell when that stuff is the case. Um, the, 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 the little tiny, uh, in the, in the episode with Naronga, which is another, uh, which is a a turtle based, uh, (laughs) a turtle based bad guy. Um, there are these, these like electricity shooting, uh, cannons that come out that are from Mm -hmm. a Godzilla movie of some kind. And I don't remember which one, um, maybe versus, uh, Gurian. I didn't look it up. Um, but but i also have to say talk about the uh undersea humanoid Raygon, uh which is the 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 villain of the third episode um this Raygons were created for ultra q um they have shown up in in multiple other spots so this is just a super sized version of a Raygon that was you know turned big because of radiation this suit looks the worst. You can see the air holes that they built into the mouth when you view the the, <laughs> the monster oh, yeah. close up. It looks quite frankly awful. And also that was the weakest episode of what we watched. Uh of, of Yeah, before. no, it,
1: it is. And here, here's the wild thing about Ultra Q. Uh the the title card for Ultraman is the Ultra Q title card.
0: Yeah. It's, it's- Ultra Q that then like spins with paint it's really strange
1: yeah no it's it's wild because i remember the first time i saw this and this was after doing um ultra q being because this came out like within the same year like it was a very fast turnaround that they were trying to get this show off the ground and i think i think ultra q like the finale premiered and Ultraman started like it's it's a it was a very quick turnaround and yes they used i mean they used pieces of i know they used pieces of ebora and some old godzilla costumes i don't know if they used anything from Gamera. because i don't think that subaraya was I don't think it really was involved in Gamera
0: that i keep saying Gamera because it was a giant robot from or giant robot giant monster from the 60s but i i don't think that was actually no i mean dia
1: didn't have i mean there could have been some Dai F- folks like or former Dai F- folks on there but uh naranga also um i mean <laughs> it's just a, I, I don't I don't know how else uh to describe Naranga like, other than just a dork. Like Naranga looks like a dork. The mo- and it doesn't get better. right Naranga
0: or, Ra- or Raygon?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, th- I think we're talking about the uh, uh the fourth episode. Um,
0: yeah, Raygon is the one I'm talking about that just looks. <laughs> Looks dopey. Doesn't look very Erdogan.
1: good. Oh, <laughs> uh, No, Ragon's the. Sorry, the the fourth episode. Yeah, Naranga's uh, the. the, third. the uh, third
0: turtle episode.
1: Um, so Ragon is yeah. A uh, Ragon honestly, I think is their. It's their attempt to do kind of like a Gillman type situation, but, and I mean they, he's popped up before, and, uh, I mean, like the Naranga hasn't gotten any better (laughs) like Naranga at least gets more kind of doofy and cartoony looking or as I mean every single thing for Ragon up through Ultraman Decker it looks like is just really bad Gilman costumes
0: yeah (laughs) they're definitely they're definitely trying to uh, but but again and like like I brought the like I was saying with this to go back to to the point I was trying to make is that there is no shocker organization. There's no Rita Repulsa or Evil Witch Bandora. Uh, there's no uh, you know. Uh-
1: yeah, I mean it, that that is something that I mean again, Ultraman is by for all intents and purposes the first. So it is establishing a lot of things that I mean it's just sowing the seeds. I mean because I know I know. Major villains become part of Ultraman later, but yeah, there there's no overarching villain in your beginning of Ultraman, and I I, I don't know if it doesn't for for a little bit, uh, and and people who have seen all of Ultraman can probably correct me. I don't know, like I literally I don't know.
0: Yeah, I can um, I can see that certain enemies come back. There are a couple of enemies that are a couple of uh couple of episodes that feature uh the the uh the the aliens that i was talking about yes was my uh
1: but i mean i even watching the like the netflix anime adaptation of ultraman there is the threat of a larger alien coming back and I don't know if that's persistent through the series. Like, like I said, this is a black hole for me in my, my Japanese superhero watching. And while, yeah, the, the, there is the kind of, I don't want to say the, the sketch of what will become the genre, because this, this helps establish just tropes that will be in super sentai. You'll see some of them in common rider. You'll see them in everything. Spider-Man, You'll see it in Metal Hero. Like There there are things that start here that are still in your tokusatsu shows today. Yes. And it's kind of, I don't want to say underwhelming to see the humble beginnings of the genre sometimes. But in, in this case for me, and that's how I felt when I first watched it, I was like, this is cool. I like it but I like it in the academic sense. I like seeing the beginnings of this stuff. I like seeing the monster of the week. I think the actors are doing a great job. I like seeing like what they did for TV in the sixties, as opposed to being actively engaged in the, the narrative that that makes any sense to you.
0: Well, and, and, and it does because I have, I have a similar feeling. Like if you had shown, if we had done this first, like I so far after four episodes of Ultraman, I don't have the same reaction to it that I have with Kamen Rider. Uh, even with the the first Common Rider show that we watched the four episodes of, it just that that there's something, you know. There's, there's a soap
1: opera vibe to Kamen Rider because it, it is very much an ongoing
0: story. And there's an edge to it that Ultraman doesn't have. Uh, Ultraman uh, right now, again, this was... 10 years earlier we are in we are have a show that is targeted at a young demographic of people probably the age of of uh Hoshino the little kid that hangs out with them i i am i'm understanding that as and 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 from what we have read as the show's progress they do get tor- a little more towards where we see Common Rider starting in 76 but right now, I see this as closer to the the goofier Showa Godzilla era than I do the cool Showa Common Writer era. Um
1: Well, I mean, it's a weirder I mean I, I mean I,
0: granted, part of that is the fact that the, the you have an entire team of people wearing these goofy orange costumes. <laughs> like it's it, it this is this is at an era in the mid-60s when science was so cool and you all your heroes were heroic scientists. And by the time I missed those days. Yeah. By the time <laughs> we got to, to, to the mid 70s, some of that stuff was still around. You still had uh Takeshi Hongo in common writer being a super brilliant scientist, but he so was bad guys, <laughs> he was more of a motorcycle rider than he was a a government agent scientist.
1: <laughs> so my my issue with I don't want to see my issue. The thing about Ultraman to me isn't that it's edgy. I like that it's a bright, colorful superhero show that has the feeling of ideals. It doesn't have to be edgy for me. But I think the the big difference though with with Common Writer is that you have this sequential storytelling. Here is flat out adventure of the week. It, it is very much like a Johnny Quest style like this is a cartoon we reset every week it's very similar to what a lot of kids experienced the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers like and there's nothing good or bad about that it's just that like if you have the option to watch something that has a narrative flow that has ups and downs and has like proper stakes in the long run that is a stronger thing and so i i I certainly get why you would say like oh no i like showa era common writer more than showa era ultraman although i i don't know what the rest of showa era ultraman holds for us
0: yeah i mean Um, absolutely true
1: and but but for me i i think what's so fun about watching the show is one it is it's charming it's I think I think it's kind of kid like nature is charming. It's also fun knowing that this is like kind of where it all begins. So like without this, we don't have, you know, Gotcha Man or Kamen Rider or Super Sentai or Zone Fighter. Like I, I'm i super into the idea that like this is where it all really starts. And even if it doesn't jibe with me, like it is kind of cool to see like, oh, this is where the conversation begins. And like Kamen Rider, I would 100% say it's the it's it's the response that the common writer continues the common the conversation for sure it 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 carries it over to the next step of progression right. I, I would i would a hundred percent agree with that because I think common writer is the appropriate next step. but from what i what we watched this week in ultraman, it it, it might be humble beginnings, but it's still really cool to see yeah. where it came from
0: i i love I love poses like that iconic. Mm-hmm. I'm do I'm doing it and you guys can't see it when when Ultraman yeah. t- puts puts his fist up to his wrist and has his hand up and he shoots the yeah the, the, the spacium yeah. gun at, out like it's it's so cool and I know that that stuff is going to get cooler even if right now the 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 fights are a little <laughs> are a little yeah. so dodgy that was my biggest complaint
1: when I watched it because my thing about kaiju battles is I want them to be wrestling matches And you have someone who is actively a human being in a costume like and not just like in a monster costume, a human being in an outfit who should be able to do moves. And at least in these first four episodes, doesn't really. It's
0: mostly like you see him like do the little like come at me hand gesture and then they just tackle each other and roll around. It's it's very awkward. Like
1: I recently recorded an episode with Patrick of. um. Uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, where there is an actual like wrestling match type thing. Uh, I, I had to explain what a hot tag was in tag team wrestling, but they 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 actively do that in the Kaiju battle. And I'm like, this is what I want to see. And really, like Godzilla versus Kong is like what, what gave me exactly what I wanted. i I want my Kaiju battles to be all out brawls. and I understand that 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 at this point, they can't quite give me that. But that is always like my like that is what I, I am after is I I want my kaiju battles to feel like wrestling matches. <laughs> and I, I was I remember the first time I I watched an episode of, of Ultraman from from the battle standpoint, I was a little disappointed because I wanted to see some like if someone's in a humanoid costume, I, I need to see them acting like it and he he was just as stiff as the monsters were
0: yeah <laughs> so that i think is about where we are going to wrap up our conversation of the original 1966 ultraman series um this unfortunately is where we have uh you know a short month we only have four episodes to cover instead of five so we are actually going to be diving uh, we're skipping because at, like we we talked earlier. Ultra Seven is the next Ultraman series that took place just the year after Ultraman, and seems to, based on what we have read, seems to have been a lot closer to what we would consider like they uh, like it's a it's slightly more. Uh, not slightly more adult, but it's it's slightly more mature. The the monsters have blood and guts from time to time. It's it's a it's a refinement of it. That is is apparently one of the most popular shows. We just felt that it was a little too close because it's just that next year. Not saying we'll never return to Ultra 7. You guys might email us in and say, you guys got to watch Ultra 7 and we'll go back to it. Um, but w- if you look at this, this franchise, there is there are Ultraman series of just about every year until 1981. And this is where there is a gap. Uh, there's a pretty large gap of of Ultraman uh, TV series. There are some specials. There are some movies and things like that that happen. But the next show that we are going to cover is from 1996 that we are in prime power rangers territory uh and we are going to cover uh power rangers on american tv territory excuse me we are going to cover the the first of the heisei era ultraman shows ultraman taiga t-i-g-a not ultraman taiga t-a-i-g-a those are apparently two different shows (laughs) yeah Uh, and i mean this one
1: this one's interesting because it did have an English release and I never saw
0: it. I didn't I, I've only heard learned about this uh you know as we were we were doing this that was on is on Foxbox, if you remember what Foxbox was, which I'm yeah, sure and
1: for kids entertainment, which I was I, I was shocked because I'm like, that was the stuff I was watching. I have no idea how I missed this at all. Apparently it was it was uh removed. Uh, because of low low ratings but i mean at least 25 episodes aired so i mean that's that's long enough for me to have like gotten wind of it but yeah i just never never saw it so i'm i'm really excited to dig into this
0: it also had a dark horse comics adaptation which is which is wild which i have seen <laughs> uh so uh, ultraman taiga unlike common rider a lot of ultraman is available on Shout oh. Factory on a bunch of stuff 2BTV has just about everything that we are going to be covering this month so And most of it's
1: also got a physical release too.
0: Yeah. So if if there is a common writer sh- common writer listen to me if there is an <laughs> Ultraman show that you think we should check out you should reach out to us. You can find us at themore You can tweet to us at the more you nerd. You can go to facebook.com slash slash themorey nerd. And of course you can email us nerd at gmail.com. That's nerd at gmail.com. Because
1: Dad, you know we're talking to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> like 95%. Um, and also credit to the name, because man, ultramanuary. Ultra
1: Manuary is Love fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm really excited to add, like properly dig, dig into Ultraman uh, this this month.
0: Uh, so, yeah, with that said, let us know if there's anything you think we should cover uh, in this Ultramanuary, because we are skipping a good 30 years between yeah, what we have that, watched I mean, today and, and what we're going to watch say, next there is,
1: There's one thing this month that may get in the way of doing too
0: many suggestions. We'll uh, see don't, how don't. things... We'll, we'll see how things go. If you're looking at the calendar, you might figure out what we're talking about. Uh, yes, and that, <laughs> and that we may we may be timing this in a particular uh, capacity, but we don't want to we don't want to set anything up because th- stuff yes. is stuff is weird right now in the world. Yeah, things um, are fluid. But uh, with that said, gang, we are now going to end the show as we always do with a very beta capsuled nerd, nerd. out.